Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Amano! <laughs> Yahweh, yeah. Yahweh. Okay, look at I love all my mamas. I love them all. But what I have learned, number one rule, do not give unsolicited advice. <laughs> Could not scream it from the rooftops more. This is Demetra Trejo, and she is a mom. I, I swear, I'll post something completely not related to my child and some stranger who I've never met, never connected Ugh. with. I had went to Dubai, so much fun. Me and my Looked husband. Great. Amazing. Uh, you know, we needed a little getaway. I needed some adventure. Yeah. And I could not tell you the amount of DMs from complete strangers that said, where's your baby? Wow. Who's watching your baby? Oh, I left him in a trash can somewhere. Like, what do you what mean? Do you think? <laughs> I stopped explaining paragraphs about how I deserved this trip, about how I've been saving for this trip, about how he was with the best care. And I just started saying, the cat. (laughs) The cat is who's watching my son right now. From Colorado Public Radio, this is Quién Are We? Exploring what it means to be Mexican-American, Chicano, Dominican, or however you identify, and diving into the beautiful things that make us who we are. I'm May Ortega. As you can probably tell, Demetra is an open book, and there's a reason for that. Today, we'll learn how sweeping things under the rug strained her idea of motherhood and how it affected her own experience as a mom. But first, let's get to her journey as a daughter. I remember finding out that I was adopted on the playground. Maybe I was like five or or six, and a little girl came up to me and she says, my mom said that you're adopted. And I said, uh, oh, what's adopted? And she said, well, your mother's not your mother. It, it had something over me because to this day, I remember that particular moment as if it was yesterday. Dimitra was confused and scared. When she got home, her mom wasn't there, but her sister was, and she needed answers. And I go to my sister and I say, um, hi, like somebody told me that I was adopted and I have no idea what that means. And, mm-hmm. you know, the look on her face again, I still remember to this day was a little bit heartbreaking. And she had to explain to a five year old what adoption was and why it wasn't a bad thing. Wow. So I remember, you know, she, you know, tried to break it down as much as she could, like tell me, well, when you love something, you know, you you want it for yourself. And that what it, that's what adoption is. Then little Dimitra asked her mom about it too. I remember telling my mom, like, mom, was I in your belly? And she looks at me and she says, oh, no, mijita, no, you came from the hospital because I wanted a baby. And she tells me these stories with rose-colored glasses, possibly to protect me from the ugly truth that was the fact that I did come from a teen mom who wasn't interested in being my mother. She painted this beautiful picture about how she was lonely and she wanted a new baby and she went to the hospital hospital and then she saw me and she pointed at me and she goes I want this beautiful baby girl and she said in that particular moment that I looked up at her and I smiled 
we have yet to talk about the quote-unquote ugly truth about how I came into this world. And there's a lot to unpack there. And she's been unpacking ever since that day on the playground. That wouldn't be the last time that being adopted would come up for Demetra. Far from it. Actually, things were tough for her before she was even born, when her young mother was pregnant with her. She hid her pregnancy. She would wear like a faha and a big sweater. And she like prayed to God that her parents never found out. I think to this day, maybe only her sister knew that she was pregnant. Demetra isn't certain on all the details of her birth story, but this is the way she knows it. Her mother was a 16-year-old girl in Chicago, and she was very pregnant. One day, she was hanging out at a friend's house. And I think in that moment, she was like, oh, starting to have contractions. And she was like, oh, I'm not feeling good, and I think I need to go to the hospital. Her friends drove her to the hospital and stayed with her when she gave birth. Once Demetra was born, her mom didn't know what to do. After all, she was a single teenage girl who, as Demetra understands it, was already struggling to get by. They asked my my biological mother, like, what's going to happen? Like, what are you going to do here? Because, you know, you just had a baby and she didn't want me. At this point, her mother's best option was to put her newborn daughter up for adoption. When all of this went down, there was an older woman present. She was Mexican and in her 50s. It was her best friend's mom. Yes, the friend who drove her to the hospital. Her mother. She stepped forward. And said, you know, however we can make this possible, I want this child. If you take her and you put her into the foster institution, she will be lost. She will be completely lost. And that is not something that I'm willing to do. And I mean, that my adopted mother was there at the right time, at the right place. And that just allowed this, you know, weird situation to happen. Demetra doesn't know much about what the adoption process was like, whether it took long or if it was tough. And there's a reason for that. I promise we'll get into it later. But what really matters here is that Demetra had a new mom and seven siblings who were all far older than her. There's about a 16-year age gap between her and the youngest of those siblings. My mother is 80 years old now. I'm 33. So she adopted me when um, she was a little bit older and she was done raising her family. And yet there she was with a newborn baby girl. My adopted mother came from a really rough life. You know, she was from Mexico. She had only a third grade education and she was working at the peanut shop for about $3.50 an hour, right? And so she came through these hardships and she did a lot of the bringing up of her family alone. It was very difficult. Demetra's adoptive mother, who we'll just call her mom, raised Demetra as her own. So much so that she didn't tell her daughter that she was adopted right away. Cue that classmate telling five-year-old Demetra the truth on the playground. My mom said that you're adopted. 
When Demetra was around eight years old, her family left Chicago for South Texas, where they had more relatives. And as the years went by, Demetra's adoption was like the shameful secret of her family. Growing up, um, adoption um, was always a dirty word to me and like taboo. A lot of times to this day, my family doesn't like talking about it. So that has left Demetra with a lot of unanswered questions. That is why she doesn't know much about her biological mom or what the adoption process was like. She was also left with a lot of mixed emotions. And it didn't help that she didn't have the easiest relationship with her mom growing up. You know, I'm a 90s kid. I would watch Saved by the Bell and Full House. And you have those episodes where, you know, the dad walks up to, you know, um, Michelle's room and talks about, you know, you know, what they did wrong and how much they're loved. And those mm-hmm. kind of conversations were never had in my house. Anytime there was any disagreement, anytime I felt frustrations, it was, you know, being in my room and sulking and writing in my journal because those conversations aren't had. And yes, they are um, generational miscommunications, language barriers, but it's also very in tune with the Hispanic culture. A lot yeah. of times we sweep things on, under the rug. No se, dice, no se dice, right? Like, yeah. You have a fight and the next day it's like, Ay, pues, vamos a ir a la iglesia and we'll just pretend like nothing ever happened. Yeah, like nothing happened. Dimitra was no stranger to communication issues. Her mom spoke mostly in Spanish and Dimitra spent most of her time speaking in English. Plus, her mom worked a lot. Add to that that they essentially came up in different worlds. Dimitra and her mother were night and day. In high school, Demetra's friends would talk about the heartfelt conversations they would have with their moms or how they'd go out shopping together, forming these strong relationships. Demetra didn't have any of that. And those were very tough years for me, um, learning to you know, pick up myself after a bad breakup, learning to navigate what a good friend is, what a bad friend is. And there yeah. was still a lot of uncertainty and me guessing how to navigate my adolescence of being a young Latina woman. And having been adopted, sometimes when things were especially hard, Demetra wondered about what could have been. I wasn't even appreciating my adopted mother at the time. I was just so like, you know, well, look at that relationship that they have and they can laugh together. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Things like that. And it made me at, you know, late at night wonder about my mother and what, you know, she was up to and what that relationship would look like. And, you know, does she speak English? Does she like this kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. But she never told her mom about any of this. She didn't want to hurt her mom's feelings because she knew her mom was trying her best to give her what she could. So adolescence wasn't the easiest time. Then came college. She initially enrolled at a university in San Antonio, but managing her rent, car payments, and trying to get good grades proved to be too challenging. Plus, most of her peers had more resources than she did, so she felt really isolated in her problems. Eventually, she switched schools and enrolled at UT Rio Grande Valley, back home. Things were still tough, but she felt less alone. 
there was more people like me, <laughs> right? There was yeah. more, there was more first generational people that, you know, had families that made less income. I, through college, I was a waitress and I would work eight hours a day. Then I had my internships and then I had my classes. I was, I, I didn't have the luxury of just focusing on school. And my mother would say to, to me and, you know, she would see my first, first world, first generation, first world problems and say, Mija, un día tendrás todo porque trabajas. One day you'll have everything because you worked your ass off for it. Exactly. And while she was hustling in college, she met a man named Sam. His name is Sam and he's the man. (laughs) Well, technically, she already knew him. They went to high school together. Man, was he funny. He's still so funny. That man is hilarious. But I think what I loved about him was the fact that he himself didn't come from an easy background. Sam also grew up with a single mother who'd come over from Mexico. He didn't grow up wealthy either. And he, like Demetra, didn't grow up with a dad. Bonding over those experiences made Demetra feel far less lonely. In fact, that's how they fell in love. I remember having discussions with Sam and being like, yeah, like I, you know, I wanted all these nice things and I just, you know, I couldn't afford it. And he was like, well, let me tell you about the the summer that I had to work my ass off to to buy not just me, but my brother, you know, name brand clothing that we both shared. So it was like a two for one wardrobe and it was funny, (laughs) but it was also heartwarming. But it was also so important to me for him to share that because that's not something that you share with just Anybody. Yeah. Eventually, they began to date and they got married. They both received their degrees. She started working in marketing. Sam became a nurse and they were both making good money. Eventually, they bought a lovely home near their own hometowns. And as the old song goes, first comes love, then comes marriage, then a baby. But when it was time for a child, Dimitra's own adoption and upbringing tangled with her desire to become a mother. That's after the break. Hey, my name's Luis Antonio Perez. I'm the lead producer of Quien Are We? I'm just one of many people who helped make this podcast. Representation is something that's extremely important to me, especially as a Latino creator. It's part of our shared mission in creating this show. You can help our mission by just taking a moment to give Quien Are We a rating or review on whatever podcast app you use. It really makes a difference in helping people find the show and elevating las voces lindas de nuestra gente latina. Thank you for supporting us and celebrating Latinidad with Colorado Public Radio. Dimitra Trejo had gone through some hard times. She was an adult still trying to grapple with being adopted and with her less-than-ideal relationship with her adoptive mother. And yet, that didn't stamp out her dreams of becoming a mom herself. Maybe you would think that her problems with her mom would have discouraged her, 
but that's actually what inspired her to do it. You know, she really didn't have the verbal capacity to walk in and ask me how my day was and ask me what boys I liked and things like that. So that's kind of like something that wasn't always met that that was like missing in in that relationship between me and my mother. And I want to fill that gap. I wanted my child to grow up and see that they were loved from the get-go, to see that they were wanted, to see each and every aspect of how they came into this world, because that's something that I didn't get. One part of her plan was to keep some meaningful things that she grew up with and give them to her future children. Love getting to touch those textiles, right? Like the manteles that our mothers and grandmothers made. But I think in that same breath, I also appreciate the things that we can't touch and that are just passed on from generation to generation Mm. by word of mouth and what we hear. Dimitra was anticipating that she would become pregnant fairly quickly, since that's what she would see online all the time. And she did. I think I was maybe about four to five weeks pregnant. And I remember that day like it was yesterday because I had just told Sam the day before and uh, the day before that I was pregnant. And, you know, I made this whole elaborate, um, you know, way of telling him and I got a cake and we were just so happy. And it was like, you know, things that I have seen, you know, things that I that I would look at over and over again um, on my social media, on YouTube, you know, telling my husband I'm pregnant. She and Sam were incredibly excited. This was the next chapter of their marriage, of their life. But the very next day, she started having cramps and she went to the hospital. And I'll never forget the, um, the voice and, you know, the tone of, the tone of voice and um, concern that the nurse had. Um, she said to me, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but I think you're having a miscarriage. And I knew, I knew that I was. And I just felt so hopeless. This was during the worst of the pandemic in early 2020. Sam was a nurse, so he was working long hours overnight. They were isolating, so they weren't seeing friends or family. Even after telling Sam what happened and him consoling her, she had never felt so alone in her entire life. A lot of times we just see the, I'm pregnant post, and you don't know all the work that goes behind that, or the tears that were shed, or the tests that were negative. Mm But this didn't change her mind about becoming a mom. She just kept trying. And Demetra was online constantly, seeing other people getting pregnant left and right. Then one day, after four months of trying and tears, Demetra decided to make a video of herself waiting for the results of yet another pregnancy test. I can't believe that we're here. So when the time came of me actually being pregnant and this isn't a false alarm and you actually are pregnant and you're going to have a baby, I, of course, wanted to document that. And so I did. And you can actually find it on my YouTube. 
there it is, baby. An actual baby. We're gonna have a baby. I'm pregnant. <laughs> My mom's gonna be so happy. She's gonna be so happy. She also got a video of herself telling Sam. She bought one of those smash cakes that's made of a chocolate shell and it's hollow. Then you break it open to find stuff inside. And Demetra filled hers with little baby trinkets. Wow. What's in there? You're pregnant. <laughs> oh, baby. And that was not the end of her documenting. Dimitra wanted to capture her experience of being pregnant and of being a mother in detail. Having experienced kind of like those gaps in my childhood, the gaps of how one comes into this world, ooh, I knew I was going to document everything, yeah. which is, you know, why I kind of started, you know, really focusing on, you know, being a mother on my Instagram, mm -hmm. TikToks and social medias, kind of documenting everything because I thought about all the blessings that I had to bring in this baby into this world. Mm -hmm. um, again, I was already done with school. I had an established career. I had a home and I had a partner. I mean, just those four things were things that my biological mother didn't have. She was a teen mother who did, couldn't even tell her parents she had nobody to turn to and she was alone. Yeah. And here was Demetra sharing her journey with the world. Her pregnancy announcement video got more than 25,000 views on YouTube. People have asked Dimitra throughout her life if she were ever to meet her biological mother, what she would say to her. And that question throws her into her birth mom's shoes. She thinks of how that teen girl must have felt in that hospital room with an unplanned baby in her arms. And I get so emotional because I think about the birth of my actual child, like, how could I not, you know, how could I deny him? But again, in that same breath, look at the resources I have. Yeah. I do not blame my mother for giving me up for adoption. I empathize with her. And I never have hard feelings towards that woman. She documented the rest of her pregnancy as well all the way to her due date. Today, we're getting ready because we're going to be taking our maternity photo shoot. I'm here with Sam. He looks very strapping and I'm super excited. We're going to be using or testing some old wives' tales to figure out if we're having a boy or a girl. The first thing that I'm taking to the hospital is a comfortable set. They let me know that for sure you want to be comfortable when you're laboring, if you can, even if you have to be wearing that ugly vata. So for before or after, you can take... Then, in mid-May of 2021, she headed off to the hospital. She was in labor for 24 hours. Then, after two hours of pushing and pushing, Dimitra became a mother to a little boy named Valor. 
And why did you choose that name for him? Well, valor, of course, is is bravery. I think there's a lot to be said about um, being a child. I mean, think about what the next generation is, is going to have to deal with. Think of what the next generation is going to see and the problems that they are going to have to solve. And so I, I love that name for him. And I hope that he carries it with him with pride. And I love that you can say it in English, valor, but you can also say it in Spanish, valor. And it's worth noting that in Spanish, valor means to have worth or to be important. And so I want him to carry a sense of pride with him wherever it is that he goes, uh, mm -hmm. being a, a Mexican-American in the United States. She's had time to reflect and really examine her difficult relationship with her mom. And Demetra knows there are things she went through that she does not want for her son. I want him to come home and tell me when he's in trouble because there's times when I have I've been in trouble and I didn't go to my mother. But that doesn't mean she's leaving behind everything she was raised on. One time he had a stuffy nose and I'm like, okay, now it's time for the VIX. You know yes! what I mean? Because we're like, <laughs> the, the, and then I'm not even going to lie to you. One time he was just feeling ill and me and Sam were like, was, you know, let's break out the huevo. Let's maybe yes. somebody gave him evil yeah. eye. And so <laughs> we got to rub him with the egg. Yeah. Rub him with the egg. And so while we like to make fun of like the, you know, cultural experiences and things and traditions that we do, I find myself applying them to everyday life. And I think a lot of times we take for granted those really rich cultural experiences and recipes. But I think now that I'm older and I have a child of my own, I embrace that a lot more. And uh, like the the importance of historically keeping these items and keeping them in the family, I think is beautiful. Having Valor has transformed her relationship with her mom too. It's like now they have this new language between them and they understand each other in a more intimate way. I think it has brought us closer because she loves my baby and she loves to share the wisdom of motherhood with me. And sometimes, you know, that's a little, ay, mija, ponle calcetinas a ese niño. Um, but, you know, for the most part is how proud she is to see me in this new role that I that I have. And I think that's a beautiful thing is to connect with her on a level that I otherwise wouldn't have. Demetra didn't stop documenting her journey once Valor was born. She knew from the start that she didn't want to paint her life in rosy hues. Her whole Instagram is dedicated to the idea of embracing imperfection, the total opposite of the hush-hush ethos she was raised on. I want to break these generational curses and I want to have more communication and more dialect and be more transparent in my own family and with my own children. Yes, you will get photos of me, uh, my glamour shots of me and my baby and look at, you know, I took three hours to get ready. But in that same breath, you're going to see when, um, you know, my milk is leaked and my shirt is wet and my baby is crying and there's poop in his diapers. <laughs> As an ode to this idea of flawed motherhood, she made her username the Slacker Mom. She posts every day of both the good and the bad. So while she's trying to preserve some of her family's traditions, she's breaking others. She's keeping her mom's hand-woven manteles, but tossing out her proverbial broom. 
Dimitra isn't sweeping anything under any rug. Demetra Trejo works in communications in South Texas, and she's a mother. In fact, she and Sam are discussing having another baby. Thank you to Demetra for opening up about your challenges and your breakthroughs with being a daughter and a mother. And by the way, this is the last episode of the season. Thank you so much for listening. I hope the stories our guests have shared have helped you feel seen and feel some joy. If there's a story that really resonated with you, go ahead and share it with someone who you think would appreciate it. I'm May Ortega. This episode was produced by me with mixing by Luis Antonio Perez, our lead producer. It was edited by Aaron Jones and Andrew Viegas. Pedro Lumbrano wrote our theme music. And we also want to extend full season thank yous to Anna Campbell, Rebecca Romberg, Joe Erickson, Mia Rincon, Patrice Mondragon, Hart Van Denberg, Jody Gersh, Clara Shelton, Maria Juliana Pinzon, Dennis Funk, Matt Hers, Kim Wynn, Brittany Worges, Ariel Wilson, Emily Williams, Kibwe Cooper, and CPR's Latino audience working group and staff. Our executive producers are Brad Turner and Kevin Dale. To support the show, please visit quienarewe.org. Quien Are We is a production of Colorado Public Radio.